0: Tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 101. Well, it's hard to believe that Christmas is just a few days away, and 2023 is just around the corner. If you're like me, I can tend to put a lot of weight on significant moments like these. Working really hard to make Christmas special for my family or feeling pressured to make New Year's resolutions or set big goals for the year to come. But here's the deal. I find sometimes that that can be more paralyzing than life-giving. And in today's episode, Rachel Adams and I talk about the power of small and how that when we do everything that we do as unto the Lord, He makes a little go a very long way. Well, it's such an honor to have you in the living room. Rachel, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, my friend Rebecca George and your friend told me you've got to have Rachel on the podcast. And when I saw the title of your book, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. It's a little devotional that's just packed with some beauty called A Little Goes a Long Way. 52 days to a significant life and I can't help but think here at the beginning of this new year um just what a beautiful message of of like giving the life that we have and fully living the life that we have can you tell us a little bit about the what led to the book
1: yeah it was it was this struggle and this tension I was having in my own life I'm a small town Kentucky girl I have been married to my husband for sixteen years, and two children, and most of my days pretty much look the same. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's waking up and making my coffee, having some quiet time with the Lord, taking my dogs for a walk, packing some lunches, getting my kids to school, answering a few emails and phone calls, and going to the grocery and meal prepping and attending ball games and doing homework, and then you go to bed, and then you do it all over again the very next day, and so it just came with this this wrestling and this tension because sometimes when i lay down at night and things get quiet and i am not so busy i just have this conversation with the lord like did any of this matter today mm-hmm. does it matter for you and your kingdom i want it to but for whatever reason it just feels too ordinary or too mundane and so i just went to god's word you know when i when i wrestle with something that's the only place i know to go that i can truly get wi- wisdom sound wisdom and So the more that I just dove into the scriptures, the more I found and discovered that a significant life is actually simpler than we think. And that's what I hope to show everybody that reads the devotional and that maybe is tuning in even today.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that because I think we miss out on so much life thinking it should look different or it should be different rather than receiving it as the gift that it is. So as you went to the Word, what did you discover about that just little thing and that ordinary life.
1: I, you know, I wrote 52 devotions, but I really feel like I could have written 365 because you know how the Lord works with us when we're, we're we're wrestling with something and we go to His Word. It just seems like He highlights so much for us on that specific topic, and He certainly did that for me in this idea of small and little ways that He works. I know mm-hmm. He obviously works in big miraculous ways too. I mean, mm-hmm. He is a great mighty God, but I also I just was so. Um, it just warmed my heart at the tenderness of how He works in all these small ways, too. Even from the very beginning, He created us from dust. He created us mm-hmm. from something simple and small. But it was Him who breathed life into us. And then, you know, you fast forward and Jesus. Jesus was born as a baby in the tiny town of Bethlehem. He never traveled outside a hundred mile radius. And yet we're right. still talking about His activity even today. And, and the, you know, I, I, there were so many biblical examples. of of little things turned into big, Um, but my favorite are honestly just Jesus, the way that he Mm -hmm. walked along the road and he would pray with people and he would uh, touch them and hold children and he would wash feet and he would share meals and he would have um, sit beside a well with one woman and have a cup of water. And so I just look at the ways that Jesus, that kind of that the, the, the pace at which he even lived his life. It wasn't, it wasn't always big and and flashy. It was, it was some of these quiet one-on-one individual ways as well. And so if nothing was too insignificant for the savior of the world, then nothing is
0: too insignificant for, for me and for you. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, and when you think that he spent the majority of his life you know, only less than ten percent of his life was ministry. Mm. You know, he had thirty years of obscurity in being faithful in obscurity. And I think, man, in today's culture, ooh, that's hard. And and it's interesting because we have this tension that there's something within us that there is a need of significance. I think we were we were made for more, and and we were made for that. That fullness of life. And so we have that tension between uh, being satisfied and available with the life that we have and yet wanting to do something significant and have our life matter. How have you managed that tension?
1: You're absolutely right. And I do think that God has put that in us. I mean, we are here for a reason. And I think one of my favorite verses that has kind of settled this in my heart is Ephesians 2.10, that we are His workmanship, which means we are His masterpiece, that we are are His poem, it actually says in some versions mm. of the Bible. And so I really like to start there, that we were created in His image. And when He created mankind, He said that it was very good. And then going back to what you even said about Jesus and His ministry— when before he started that official ministry, that's when he was baptized, and God the Father looked down upon him and said, This is my son with whom I'm pleased, before he had done anything. So I really yeah. feel like it's just, even I think about my own two children. When I first held them for the very first time, they hadn't done anything. And I looked at them like, These children are beautiful. These are, they're so, they're so significant. And they're so valuable. These are, they're fearfully and wonderfully made. And I, and I just feel like that that's how. God looks upon us as His mm-hmm. children as well. So I love to start there. We are His workmanship. Uh, but then I think the second part of that verse in Ephesians 2.10 is created in advance to do the works that He planned for us long ago to do. Right. So there is work for us to do. So I think that the key for me is is not to, to gain our value from the work we do, but there is value in the work that we do, mm-hmm. everything big and small.
0: I love that. I love that. You know, I was just thinking of, uh, you know, I love that God uses the analogy of a father and, and that we're mm-hmm. his children because it really does give us a chance to see his heart towards us. And, you know, you watch the every little thing that they do and you rejoice in every little thing that they do and you cheer them on. And why is it? that we transpose the worst version of a parent on God sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we think that he's this cruel taskmaster, always saying more, higher, bigger, better, and not realizing. Even sometimes I was just thinking like, he's not even He's not even disappointed that I'm not exactly where I think I ought to be. Maturity or productivity or my spiritual walk. Because he understands it's this becoming that I'm growing into all that He has for us. So I love that. I love that. So as you were just thinking of that woman on the other side of the page, what's your prayer for for this book and what these little messages, daily messages can do?
1: Really? And number one, I want her to realize that she already is significant. She doesn't have to, re- she, she already is, you know, it doesn't take 52 days to understand that you are significant. You already are, and you just don't quite realize that. I think that's number one. And number two is, is I want her to realize how important the work that she does is. It's yeah. not about adding, you know, we're already so busy. So it's not about adding more to the to-do list. It's just about valuing the little that we already are doing and I know, you know, it's interesting because I wrote this from, you know, a, a kind of the stay at home mom perspective and in my own season of life. But as the book has started to get into other people's hands, I'm seeing so many other women are are grasping onto this message that I didn't realize. Women that used to maybe be um, raising children or have a career of some kind and are no longer doing those things. And so right. they look at their life. It's like, well, am I still valuable? Me physically, mm-hmm. I can't do the same things that I used to be able to do. Am I still valuable? How is God going to use? me now. And so I think no matter what age we're in or the season of life we're in, we, we, we are still wrestling this. And so I think just to, to start to go to the Lord and look at the ways that He has uh, used every interaction and every conversation and every prayer, when we can reflect on the ways that He has done that, maybe by journaling or through prayer or just meditation or maybe whatever that looks like for you, I think it will give you so much confidence and faith and hope and how He's going to continue to do that in the future.
0: Oh, that's, that's just beautiful. You know, I think, I think the enemy does want to make us believe that our life doesn't matter, mm-hmm. that it's um, insignificant. Or like what you said, maybe we've missed our chance. Maybe for that woman who's out there who's closer to the end of her life than the beginning and the regrets, perhaps, and the disappointments and wondering, you know, was it, did it really matter? And, you know, I've just been thinking about that, like we can get so caught up in the past or or in regret that we miss the opportunity for today, or we underestimate the significance. And I love that you say that because I really think whether we realize it or not, we've each been given a realm of influence. How do we get our eyes off of the past and or what we thought, even what we thought our life was going to be? to be able to really go okay right here right now what do you have for me lord mm. it's such a good
1: question because and i think i think you hit the nail on the head because i think that's what the enemy wants us to do is discount what we're doing and so we end up quitting and we do nothing yeah. at all mm. And so, and cause he just, he wants to discourage us. And, you know, he did that in the very beginning with Adam and Eve, he, they had perfection and he had them looking at something better or different. And that's what is happening in our culture today. We, we are comparing so much to what everybody else is doing and, you know, technology has made that even harder because it's at our fingertips and we're not just comparing to our neighbors. We're comparing to people thousands of miles away And so it just does. It makes our lives feel like they're even smaller. And so I think, to be honest, it just starts with, like I mentioned, journaling and maybe reflecting on how God has worked in small ways, big and small ways. I think number two, we can pray, God, open my eyes to see the ways that you're working and the things that you're using. And what have you given me and what can I do today with the people that you have me around and with the gifts that you've been giving me and with the resources that, you know, and, and we don't have to have much, we can all be present. You know, that's a gift that everybody can give not in, you know, so often we're physically present, but we're not always mentally present. Mm -hmm. Actually, my, my brother is in um, he's in the public um, service industry, I guess. And so I was going door to door with him at a current election This last election, and we knocked on doors in um, kind of a, a nursing home area. And I bet there were a hundred homes. And I think at least 90% of those people answered their doors and wanted to talk. Most mm. of the ladies were still in their slippers and their nightgowns. And it was interesting. I'd never met the majority of them. And I say they were still in their slippers and nightgowns. And it was like lunchtime. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just it struck me so profoundly these people, they were lonely. They wanted companionship. Mm-hmm. They wanted somebody to talk to. They wanted somebody just to listen and, and to be present. And so when a knock came on their door, they opened it wide open and, and invited you in. And I just wonder how many people are out there like that, um, yeah. that just want some conversation uh, and, and somebody to spend time with them. And that's that's something that we can all give, and it doesn't cost anything.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, I think, I think there's something really powerful about the part of your t- title that says a little goes a long way because we keep thinking it has to be a lot. You know, if for God to use me, it has to look like this, or it has to look like that, and we underestimate the power. And I love how you've got it kind of just broken down: a little work, a little love, a, a little conversation, a little effort. I want you to talk about that because there, I think there is a little bit of a paradigm shift that we need because we put our trend, um, our definition of significant. Well, that was that didn't matter. You know, that was nothing. And we don't understand how significant a little can be.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, it's it's all about that being faithful in all of those small things, those collective um, acts that they, they, it's like a cumulative effect over time in so many ways. And then when we do our little part, that then it's kind of almost contagious. If you think about like, if you smile or say hello, or I don't know, give a kind word or pray for somebody, yeah. when you, when you kind of. Pass that that joy and that positivity on, or peace, or whatever we're passing on. Then the people in our lives they tend to kind of catch that too, and then they pass that on. And so it really does go beyond us. And I think what's hard for us is so often we don't see the evidence or the immediate fruit or the harvest immediately. I mean, the reality is, is we may never see the harvest. We may be just continuing to be the one that plants the little seed and somebody else waters it. And then we never see the harvest until heaven someday. And that's tricky and that can be hard. But I just, I think we just, that goes back to faith. We have to just choose to believe God is going to use it all.
0: Ah, yes. Yes. I keep thinking of one of my dearest friends, Judy Delgetti. She's a pastor's wife and just, just an amazing woman. And they, they're uh, retired now, and yet they're ministering to ministers, so they're really not retired. <laughs> but she said, you know, Joanna, when I was you know, younger and in ministry, I, I felt so inadequate. She goes, I couldn't sing, I couldn't play the piano, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't speak, or, you know, I'll do all the things that I thought were the big things. But she said, you know, I've discovered that my greatest gift is availability. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my goodness, isn't that it? Isn't that it? That we're not so busy doing stuff for God that we're not available for those moments where someone needs a listening ears. I do think we underestimate what that small smile can mean to the cashier at the grocery store who just had a really rude person come through mm. 10 minutes earlier, you know? And so, yeah, like, do you think it has to do with, is it just something that happens or do we need to be a little bit more purposeful about the little things going a long way?
1: I think both. Um, I think you mentioned our busyness, and I do think that that is one of the things that has prohibited some of this because we we aren't making time for other people. Or if if God does bring about a divine interruption or a divine appointment, we kind of—or the Holy Spirit even prompts us in our heart to say something to that person or pray with that person or take that person a meal or invite them to come to Bible study or whatever. We kind of—we're so busy with our agenda and our timeline that we kind of disregard those promptings from the holy spirit and and we move on and then we never get to see how god could have worked in those little ways. So I do think it takes an awareness and it, mm-hmm. as we see how god works in these little ways it almost excites you to then kind of key on. Like the more the more you pay attention to it, you're like, Oh gosh, God, what else are you going to do? You know? And so that even I think does those, it's kind of a habit, a behavior, those actions, they do build upon each other. The more you see God work, the more you want to see God work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm wondering for me, even I'm just trying to say, okay, Lord, here's my day. This is what I think it's going to look like, but Lord, I want to be led by you. You know, I don't, I don't want to miss those holy moments. And I think sometimes we can get so careful of our lives. You know, um, I've been thinking a lot of, and honestly, I'm not very good at this right now, coming out of an intense season of writing. I haven't been very good at being interruptible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's kind of that, part of being tuned in is I'm going to have to be willing to let go of my agenda in order to join God's with his. And those small things, you know, I keep thinking of this beautiful quote from John Duckworth that I used in my book. He says, God seems interested in little things, a widow's coin, the washing of a foot, the surrender of a small boy's loaves and fish. He may call us to move mountains once in a while, But the rest of the time, he has plenty of molehills to be relocated. He probably wants more encouraging notes sent than books written, more sandwiches shared than sermons preached, more band-aids applied than edifices built. And then he concludes with this. That's good news for those of us who have only little things to work with, like a cup of water or a chicken or a word or deed so tiny it can't even be remembered, except by the recipient who may never, ever forget. Mm. And I think that just kind of goes along with what we're talking about. Don't underestimate the power of the little things given in His name.
1: Oh, I love that quote, and I'm going to have to look that quote up. It's funny, I, I just wrote this devotional, and you would think that would come up with my research, but I'm so glad you brought it to mind. And it just it goes back to show you how God— since the very beginning of creation, you think about who he has used, the unlikely, ordinary candidates all along. You know, I even think about Abraham and Sarah. They were old and impotent and barren. And that's who God chose to work, you know, the entire the next generations forever that are gonna number more than the stars in the sky mm-hmm. and the sand in the on the seashore. And so that that's just what he does. He multiplies mm-hmm. whatever we offer him so that it's not us that gets the glory, but him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So much. And yet there are those moments where he does kind of ask us to step out into something bigger Mm -hmm. um, because he has something that he wants us to do. And you and I were just talking about just a conference that you got to go to recently that just is kind of doing something new in your heart. Can you Kind of maybe to share what what's going on. I, I'm sure you probably haven't processed it fully, mm-hmm. but I think it's significant for our discussion as well.
1: Yeah, this was I, I'm such reminded by because we often not even read the Bible in the way of big moments. And meaning, you know, you look at the life of David and you think, well, he he was king and he defeated Goliath with his sling and his stone. You know, that's those big moments. But we forget that he was also a shepherd in the field for years and he was playing his harp. You know, like those those daily faithfulness, those little steps that all along the way lead us up to and prepare us for that bigger moment. And I think that that the same is true of our lives. It's like our whole lives are God's training ground. And I just have noticed that it it all starts with a yes. It starts with yes, Lord, yeah. I trust you as my Lord and Savior first. And then I'm going to continue to say yes to whatever you're prompting me to do and continue being faithful to open, walk through the next open door that that comes along because I have it's so interesting because I I have the love offering podcast, but yet I have I doubt what I have to offer. I've yeah. battled insecurity for, for most of my life, t- and um, so the fact that I'm even writing a book and and talking about it with you and hosting a podcast and then attending conferences, it just <laughs> sometimes I'm pitching myself like, who is this doing these things? But it really has all happened very slowly. It's been, yeah. it's, it, it really has been with, you know, starts with one writing one word that turns into one sentence, that turns into a paragraph, that turns into a page, that turns into devotional. None of this happens overnight. God has always worked in our lives little by little. That's even how he created the universe, right? Little by right. little, even though we could have created it miraculously. But I think you even were the one that said this, that he's sanctifying us. He's growing us. We're becoming more and more like him. Mm. And, but to answer your question, I was just um, invited to come to a communicators collective conference and there was this woman who wasn't able to go. And so she generously just said, would you like to go your hotel, your conference ticket, your food, everything is covered. Everything. Wow. If you can just, you know, get drive there and and take care of your gas, go. And I thought, okay. And my kids were off of school. I had no interviews for those two days. And I thought that it was wow. within driving distance. And I said to my husband, I said, I almost feel like it'd be disobedient if I didn't go. You know, it's like right. this wide open. But, you know, then I get there, and there's I'm surrounded by these women that are much more accomplished than I am. And of course, I'm comparing myself to, to everything that they've done and thinking, Gosh, I, I do not belong here. But what I saw there and what I found there was even more generosity. It's what you mm-hmm. hope that a group of Christian women would be, yes, and really were just praying for each other how can i support you you know brainstorming together wanting each other to continue on to be faithful and just mm-hmm. seeing how many of these seasoned godly women have maintained their integrity and their character mm-hmm. for the longevity of their ministry and it was just the the best gift that i didn't even know that i needed to see and witness people living their faith so beautifully and so genuinely and um I don't know. It just, it made me want to, they even talked about, you know, we're not going to force anything. We're not going to strive or earn that really just continue to trust God with the outcome, be faithful with whatever he has given you and he will make a way and we, whatever the outcome is, whether it's big or small, it's, it's what it's supposed to be because God, we got to just trust in his providence,
0: right? Uh, amen.
1: And so it just was such a sweet reminder um, of the beautiful community God has given me, of His provision, of His care, uh, that His because sometimes He can feel intangible, but when you see and yeah. receive this tangible love and beautiful sacrifice and generosity from other people, gosh, it just spurs me on to continue to do what mm-hmm. I'm doing, and then prayerfully pass that on to maybe the the women a step behind me that I can. Yeah kind of reach my hand
0: out to you and say
1: yeah come along let me show you what these ladies just showed me
0: <laughs> oh that's so powerful so powerful because i think in that if we're not careful in in doing some of this stuff our insecurities can make us feel like that's going to be the answer to the hole in my soul, mm. and doing something significant is going to be what um, you know what God has for me, and not realizing no,' it's, it's just I get to give him what I have, and he gets to do whatever he wants with it, and it's such a beautiful and yet um, in some ways challenging stewardship. You know, it's easier sometimes to go, okay, yeah, I'll just be faithful to smile at the girl at the store.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? That takes one second.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But how can I be willing to step out? I'd love to have you unpack a little bit, you know. Maybe uh, some of the work that God was doing in you, because you said like you came from that really insecure part, and so so much of what you just described is putting yourself out there and taking the chance of rejection or or whatever that might be. How was the slow unfolding into obedience to this path that God's called you? What did that look like for you?
1: It has been slow too, and and gradual, and I think so much of it has occurred because of my belief in the Lord, and then other people's belief in me. And I never Mm -hmm. want us to underestimate that. And that happened, you know, something my husband said, we've been together for 20 years, but married for 16. And long ago, he said, Rachel, if you could only see yourself through my eyes, it would change your world. Wow. And, you know, you're talking about seeing God as our father. I think he's telling his daughters and his sons the same thing. If you could only see yourself through my eyes, it would change everything. (laughs) And and so I think that there's been an aspect of that is trying to really just hone in on my identity in Christ, not based on anything that I do, but just because of who I am as His created and as His beloved. Um, But beyond that, I've had so many people that have come alongside me just in my Christian walk. Um, and specifically, one person, her name is Sarah, and she was a women's ministry leader at my church. And I was, people had invited me to kind of get more and more and more involved, and I was serving a lot. And one of um, Sarah, she actually came up to me and she said, "Rachel, I just really see a gift in you that I feel like God has given you,
0: hmm. and I would love
1: for you to start facilitating some Bible study." And of course, again, back to my insecurity, I'm like, I. <laughs> I don't have a seminary degree. I don't. I don't even know where all the books of the Bible are still in order. You know, and um, she's. And but I said, you know what? I'm willing. Okay, like I can push play and I can make some coffee and do you know, put put some name tags out, (laughs) and and that's where it started. And because I Mm -hmm. ended up doing that and really just diving into God's Word, and then he, then I feel like the Lord then gave me the idea for the book and for the podcast. And so, all that to say, I feel like God has brought certain people into my life. Those interactions, those encounters, those conversations, those encouraging words, those um, those words of belief in me, and seeing something in me that I didn't even see in myself, that have truly changed the trajectory of my life. And so, I, I, I hope everybody listening right now. Hears like if if, you, if the Holy Spirit tells you to go encourage that young woman or the older woman or whoever the person in front of you in some way go and do that because you really mm. have no idea how down they may be about themselves how discouraged if they're on the verge of quitting that word of encouragement could help them to persevere and do what God's called them to do
0: yeah yeah and it could literally unlock. The calling God has on their life. You know, as you're talking, I'm remembering um, growing up in my church. uh, I was 13 years of age, and this just seems so crazy now. And it was a fairly decent sized church, but they needed someone to teach children's church. And they basically handed it to me at 13, 14 years of age to lead. They saw, they must have seen something. They needed help, but they also saw something. And that was the beginning of so much, you know, children's ministry and then teaching Bible study. Um, and it, you know, for that person out there, there's like, I don't know enough of the word of God. Well, just start, you know, just start. Maybe it is teaching Sunday school to, to the little kids, you know, and you're learning God's word afresh and anew. Um, I, I just love that, but having those eyes to see. The gift and the calling of God on someone else's life and just kind of calling that out. What a powerful reminder. Mm, So, so good. So good. You know, we're going to go into prayer in a little bit, but I just have to bring uh, something to attention that you told me about that I think goes so well with this whole idea of a little goes a long way. Because as I'm looking at you, your beautiful face on this screen uh, and the beautiful home that you have— that's kind of a new development. You you were living a little smaller just a little while ago. Can you talk about that? Yes.
1: And it was so we we have a farm in Kentucky. It's kind of a hobby farm that we hope that maybe eventually we'll have some animals and some crops on. Um, but now it's just some dirt and some gravel. If I'm being honest. <laughs> so we just built built this home and moved into it. But the the previous year while we were building, we lived in an RV. And I think I wow. told you that we had never even I had never even stepped foot in an RV, let alone lived in it. And so uh, you know, it's my husband, my two children who were in middle school, two dogs, and and me in this really small space and it was one of these gifts that I didn't even know that we needed hmm. as a family there it really did bring us into close proximity together <laughs> you know we yeah. there was only one TV and we all had to watch the same thing and the living room was where the kitchen was and we could all just really just be together and so i think especially as my kids continue to get older and are active in their school and their friend groups and um, just being able to simplify things and to really figure yeah. out, okay, these this is really what matters. You know, I even write in my book in the very beginning of when my husband and I were dating, he said, Would you live with me in a cardboard box? And at the hmm. time I said, No. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> I don't understand what you're asking me. But he was asking me, Am I enough for you? you know, is it just no matter where life takes us, am am I enough? And so now I do understand that, you know, life has changed a lot in the 16 years that we've been together. We've lived in lots of different places, including now an RV. Um, But it really, I've I've really come to the conclusion that it really doesn't matter what we have just as long Mm -hmm. as we have each other. And I know we're not even guaranteed that. Um, You know, the only thing we're guaranteed is that that we'll always have uh, our Heavenly Father, right? Um, But yeah, life takes us on lots of different journeys. And I'm thankful that I got to experience the RV life. That was certainly a, a small little thing that He took a long way in my heart.
0: Yeah. And you were saying that you find yourself, all of the family finds themselves kind of missing the little places. Oh, we do. We do.
1: I mean, we're thankful. We obviously couldn't host Thanksgiving and Christmas <laughs> in the RV. That was tricky. We never, we didn't have very many dinner parties. Um, but, and so we are thankful for the new home, yeah. and a longer farm table, but, um, but I, we actually did keep the RV and, and I think we, we, we probably will take, we've never even taken it on the road. So hopefully we'll take it on the road so <laughs> someday.
0: Um. I love that. I love that. Well, I think it just goes back to to just um, almost like peeling away all of the other stuff mm-hmm. and just find that little is much when God is in it, you know, and just the beauty of the simple, the beauty of the ordinary. I think so often, and I just have to confess, I devalue it. I'm on to the next thing, rather than like living in this moment and really appreciating it for all it is. And I love how your book is going to help us do that. It's just very interactive. It's lovely to look at, lovely to hold. And I'm really excited about how God's going to use the simple and ordinary things for His extraordinary purposes in our lives. Will you pray over us, Rachel? Yeah, I'd love to.
1: Father, we're just, we're thankful for you more than anything. You are who makes our life significant. And I just never want any of us to forget that, Father. Help us to just be reminded of that. Help us to remind other people of that. And Lord, we know where that we are your workmanship, but there is important work for us to do while you're here. So just help us just to not discount those small ways that you're working. Help us to be in tune with other people. Help us to be in tune with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And we just trust you. We're going to offer all we have and all we are, um, and we trust that you're going to take it a long way for your kingdom and your glory. It's in your holy and mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: I sure love Rachel's heart. I hope you'll go over to the show notes at JoannaWeaverBooks.com forward slash 101 and check out her love offering podcast and her new book, A Little Goes a Long Way. Plus, visit her store because over at her website, she has some beautiful product, uh, necklaces and sweatshirts that really serve to remind us that no matter how simple our life may feel, we are significant to God in His work on the earth. I think the thing that really spoke to me in today's episode was when Rachel encouraged us to see the potential in people around us and give them encouragement. Is there someone in your life that you just sense God has His hand on? If He stirs your heart to do it, I hope you'll take time to write them a note or give them a call because you never know what your words might unlock or the ministry that might develop all because you took time to share an encouraging word. Well, you might find yourself wishing that someone would speak those kinds of words over your life, and I want to do that right now. If you and I were in the same room together, I would take your face in my hands and look deep in your eyes, and I'd speak these words that I know are straight from the heart of God. You are loved, my friend. You are chosen. God has uniquely gifted you and placed you strategically right where you are. Just remain available to Jesus. And whatever you do, don't underestimate what you're already doing. Because there's nothing small in God's economy. As you just remain available and willing to do whatever He puts before you to do, well, the Holy Spirit is going to use you to live and love and lead like Jesus everywhere you are and everywhere you go. God bless you, my friend. See you next year.